prophetic prayer, prophetic word to start with, then we're going to go into the message, okay? Um, and, and the reason I want to do that is, is the first part of the year. So last week we talked about overflow. This week we're going to talk about overflow as well. But I, I need, I don't need, I, I feel like we should pray certain ways this year. And so my prayer for you are going to be these things. And if you want to write them down on your phone, tablet, or on a pen and paper, maybe write some of these down because I believe this is a good time to do it. I personally don't do resolutions because I break them all the time. So I want to to think differently, though, for this year. So here's some of my prayers over myself, my family, and over our church is, one, old mindsets to be transformed. Old mindsets to be transformed so that we, in Romans 12 and 2, talks about the renewing of our mind, all right? Not to be conformed to this world, but to be renewed by the renewing of our mind so that we're not conforming to, well, this is just as good as it's going to get. This is the only way that we can move. This is all that we can do. Well, this is it. We're, 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 we can't do this anymore. This is as good as it gets. No, there's a new transformation. There's a new mindset. So we're renewed in our mind as a result of the newness of our heart. And when we understand the renewing of that, then there's a newness that takes place in those things. And so uh, I'm praying for old mindsets, okay? Some people think they can only have a good service if this happens, all right? Or some things people think it's only life is only good if I get this job, or my family's only good if this happens. I want you to have a new mindset that God's in charge. He's the way, he, Jamie said, he's the way maker. He's the meat needer, okay? And if we understand that, then my mindset is, okay, God, you said in Psalms 37, the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord, all right? And then if that's the case, then you must be ordering my steps. If these things are happening, that's okay. My mindset is I'm going to please the king, okay? And so that's my prayer over you. Second is that our daily patterns are realigned, all right, so sometimes we get into bad habits. Maybe we decide to have a donut every morning with our coffee. Well, maybe the Lord is challenging you just to have a, an egg bite delight with that coffee instead of, or maybe you're going to, uh, maybe you haven't read the word. Maybe you don't get up and, and say, have a scripture verse, you know, on your phone or in your Bible. Maybe the Lord wants to realign you to read or maybe a, a family devotion time where your your patterns are being realigned. We, we morph ourselves into what's comfortable. This is what happened to the children of Israel. They always wanted to go back to Egypt, okay? Egypt was comfortable. Egypt was painful. Egypt, they were in bondage. Egypt, they were being slaves. They wanted to go back because that was their comfort zone. So maybe the Lord wants to break you out. I'm thinking of daily patterns being realigned in our life. This is a new start, a new fresh. Again, not a resolution. And if you if you try something and you fail the next day, then pick it up the next day. It's not, we're not going to beat each other up. I, I've talked to people people who have, you know, been sober for so long or are drug free. And one, one gentleman, he was, you know, I was 300 days and he, he messed up. And I said, that's okay. It's not even a new day. It's your, now you're 300 out of 301. Just continue on. And I understand sometimes that's not the philosophy, but you, we spend too much time beating ourselves up if we're not careful, right? And so I want you to understand that there can be a realignment. You can, just like a car gets off balance just a little bit, then those tires go bad, then the front end goes bad, then all of a sudden the engine goes bad, all because of a misalignment. I want you just to pray daily for a realignment. Number three, relationship renewed. So some people have strained relationships with family members or uh, maybe acquaintances or friends. I'm praying that relationships become renewed in a healthy way, in a fresh way, in a good way. Uh, Fresh inspiration. All right, uh, uh, to be inspired to do things. I said in the first service, I've been working out with uh, our two grandsons, the oldest grandsons. I picked up Brady yesterday to, to work out, and he had his pajamas on and had brand new shoes and had the head things ready to go. We're going to work out. I'm like, why do you need the head things? You don't want to hear me? You don't want to talk to me? Why you still got your pajamas on? Let's get ready. But he was inspired. He's been inspired. Probably we're gonna we're gonna max next. What are we gonna do? And, and I like the inspiration in young people. I like them to dream. And listen, uh, old people who are maybe formerly adulthood, stop squashing the dreams of the young people. Allow them to dream. Would you? And by the way, you don't have to stop dreaming either. 
You can continue to dream no matter what your age is. Have that dream. Have that fresh inspiration, whether it's, you know, a, a new way to, to work out, uh, walking your neighborhood, or uh, buying a pet. Get a dog. Want one? <laughs> no, never mind. No. I love our dog. I was against it. I was the no vote, but I like the I like the dog. I like Bo. Bo's a good dog. Much better since he's trained. If you need training, see Andrew or Emily. They'll help. They'll fix you up. Man, trained dogs are. But fresh inspiration, fresh inspiration. And then last but not least, desires surrendered. I think sometimes we need to surrender our desires. All right, so that we can hook up with God's desires for us. And so he says that he will give us our heart's desires, but the key word there is heart. When we have our heart lined up with God's heart, like David was a man after God's own heart. When our heart lines up with God's heart, then those desires are surrendered. So we have to kill ourselves out daily. This, when we do that, then we're looking more internal than external. The Bible says judgment comes to the house of the Lord first. So, and so if someone judges you or someone condemns you or someone speaks poorly of you, they've not died out to themselves first. And when we don't die out to ourselves, we become very judgmental. We become very, you know, condescending to, towards people. And so we have to look at ourselves. How am I lining up with God? How does my heart line up with God's? And then my desires are surrendered to God's desires. How many, seriously, how many wants God, what God wants for you in your life in 2024? That's what we should all want. God, I want what you want. I don't want what I want, but if I want what you want, then what I want will become what you want. And those are the surrendered desires. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to go into another portion. But I wanted to give you those today because those are those would those would be prophetic prayers that we can all pray. And, may, and maybe you say that's four or five is too many, Pastor. Well, then just pick one. Maybe it's just a, a realignment that you need, or maybe it's a, a fresh vision or inspiration, or maybe it's maybe it's a mindset. Maybe you're into a new relationship and you don't want it to work out like the old relationship did. It doesn't have to. God's new newness is every day. His mercies are new every day. His overflow is new every day, and we'll talk about that. Let's pray, then we're going to go into the scripture. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we, you have opened our heart today to hear what you, what you have for us. We thank you, Lord, that you're an awesome God. So, Lord, put a blessing on the hearer today, those who truly want transformation and realignment and inspiration and renewing in all the facets of their life. But most of all, capture our heart today to be the same heart as you. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, Amen. And by the way, join us in fasting. Please come out if you can on the Wednesday nights, three Wednesdays in a row starting this week. Uh, more of a worship uh, set is what it's going to be. We'll read some scripture. We'll find some places to pray. And we're just going to, uh, the worship team's going to usher in the presence of the Lord. And you'll see miracles and healing. You'll see victory. You'll, you'll see different moves of God because God moves while his presence are there. And we're not going to interfere with that. We're just going to allow God's presence to take place. Not preformed, it's got to be this way or this has to happen. Simply the Holy Spirit moving the way the Holy Spirit does. Can you say amen? All right. One of my favorite all-time scriptures, the Psalms 23. Uh, we go through it a lot at Grace Church. We're going to go through it again today. We're going to look at it from an overflow stance. So Psalms 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. I shall not want. All right, and so we look at the wanting part, and we look at it because God is a God of overflow. David gets this. David is speaking in Psalms 23, verse 1, saying, I have no wants. I, have, I, I really have no needs. And even though we want things or we need things, Janie will say around the house, Mark, I really want this. Do we want it or do we need it? She says, well, I really need it to be happy. <laughs> I really want it. And so we'll discuss it and we'll talk about it. Eventually she gets it. She wears me down. But our, we have no wants. We have no wants when we're in Christ. We have no wants, church. It's a whole different scenario. David is showing this is really the, the root of overflow. As I have, I do not want. And God, I, I want you. I want, I want to be closer to you. It's a different thing. But when we're in Christ, when we're in Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, there is no wants in our life. This becomes a, a situation where it becomes overflow. I want to teach you uh, this morning really briefly about three ways that you can overflow. 
You can see things in your life. I, when I was younger and Janie and I were dating and I would go to the house of prayer, growing up Roman Catholic, and then Janie was full on Pentecostal and we didn't know how the two worlds would collide. We, know, we just knew there was a collision and neither one of us were mature probably relationally to understand these things. And it wasn't really a, a pick this or a pick that. But the, when I became relational with God through Jesus Christ, okay, and we started, we started to go, got married, and I would attend the House of Prayer Church. I was the first, probably in my family, uh, of, of 70 or better Roman Catholics to surrender my heart relationally to the Lord as the way I knew how. I was also probably the first Catholic that, that the House of Prayer had as a young person. And so I was kind of the, the first on both sides in theory, and in, in, uh, my father-in-law, I think, learned a lot on me as I learned a lot from him because eventually then, have you ever seen the movie Jesus Revolution? I suggest it highly, watch it watch it more than once or twice. It's a beautiful movie. I cried in it. It was, a, it was this Jesus movement, and yet in the, in the House of Prayer at the time, it was kind of a, a Catholic movement, you know. I came in and, and got saved, and then a young person, Bob Pelshaw, came in, and he got saved, and then he brought Joe Cherick in, and Joe Cherick got saved, and, and Joe Cherick didn't give up some of his things right away. And he was leading people to the Lord while he was doing things that he probably needed to be delivered from. And, and Joe's still a very good friend of mine, he lives out in California. And, and I say all the time, he, he probably won more people smoking weed than people that never smoked weed. It's like, I don't know how God does that, but God was doing it. Now, I'm not saying go smoke weed and then invite people to church. <laughs> hey, pastor came with you, okay. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Bring him to church, but let's not, let's not, you know. I've got a new small group, the CBD small group, Pastor. No, <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that. But Joe did, and it worked. But Joe didn't know. And so one time, Pastor had to call him aside. Hey, Joe, you can't do that. What do you mean? <laughs> Pastor, they're coming. He brought you know, Mike and Billy Mancuso, and Tom and Di Mancuso, and Joe and Kathy Mancuso, and Jimmy and Dee Dee, and all these different people, Tom and Jill Vincentini and Pete Vincentini and all these people. And all of a sudden, uh, my father-in-law had all these former Catholics that, like he, like, he had the disciple. He was the shepherd. He was the under-shepherd. Jesus is the rohi, the shepherd. But he, the, these, all these people were, were wanting. And so we, he started two or three softball teams and we kept playing softball and winning all the championships. And because all these guys were tremendous athletes and college athletes. And then you know, in the wintertime, we'd go down to Creighton University and we'd work out and play basketball. And we'd go to Tom and Jill's house and Jess would break open his Bible. It was better than any stake you could have. We were learning the Bible firsthand, but we were seeing it grow in front of us. And there was a time in my life where, you know, we were working and we, all of us were having kids at the same time and, and the church was growing exponentially. And, and, and I, I know now from being a pastor on what he must have been going through then 40 years ago and all these people were growing and requiring time and, and he, would, he would break open the word and we would talk and all these, all these people all these people were, became board members of different churches and pastors and evangelists. And then they started having kids and their kids became evangelists and worship leaders and, and church planners. And it was like, my goodness, all, all because of a Bible study, because the shepherd opened his Bible. And, and, we, and we think, and I shall not want, and, and he, he saw the needs and I would say, if you, if you haven't been, you need to grab a hold of a, a small group or come to the welcome party or, or if you love evangelism, hook up with Marcus and, and learn how to just have conversation with people about Jesus because I learned from the greatest conversationalist there was that when you try beating somebody over the head with the Bible, like my father-in-law first tried it with me, you don't get anywhere but push back. 
But when you open the Bible and you talk about how good Jesus is, <laughs> when you talk about the love of the Father, when you talk about how genuine God is and how God loves everyone, like everybody, the church couldn't see them. We had to build on. Uh, people were becoming leaders. And it was, it was so cool. And then it was so cool to see their kids grow up. And now their kids are like ours. They're all in their 30s and 40s. And, and God is so good and, and faithful. But I learned from opening the Bible that there's three ways that we can really make things well with us. And one is to honor your father and, and mother. And even though I left the Catholic Church, I never lost that honor from my mom and dad. Great people. Love God. And it wasn't the church that kept us together. It was the family. It was honor. And the Bible says that if you honor kids, if you honor your mom and dad, it's the first commandment with the blessing that you'll have long life and it will be well with you. Write that word down, well. There's something about that word, well. And then I learned that what Paul said, that if we pray for those in authority over us, spiritual authority and, 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 and political authority, or even our bosses, uh, the, the financial authority over us, that Paul then too says it will be well with us. And then Isaiah says in uh, chapter 39, I believe it is, that if we obey God, it will be well with us. There's a common denominator here, the word well. And I don't think that the word well really means okay. Well, it's just, it'll be okay with you. I, okay kind of seems like secondary, doesn't it? Like, yeah, how's everything? It's just okay. Well, you know, if someone says it's okay, there's probably an issue or a problem. If, if someone says it's well, I say the word good, and that's probably not proper English. Everybody says, how are you doing? And they say, well, and I always say good. I'm not sure that's proper, but I'm not a proper guy anyways. I'm born and bred and raised in South Omaha, and people from South Omaha get me. It's a lot like Burke County, but. And so, but this word well, my interpretation doesn't mean okay, it means a wellspring. It means a life spring. It's like if you honor your mom and dad, there's going to be a, a river. There's going to be overflow there. There's going to be overflow of abundance. There's going to be people. I talk to people and we pray for different people who are helping their kids uh, maybe with purchase of a house or uh, a direction on a job or maybe an education. And I think that's honor. That Honor works both ways. It's parenting, parenting honor, children, children honoring parenting, and it's well with them. There's a, a life spring. So parents, thank you for helping your kids and kids. Thank you for honoring your parents. Can we give everybody a hand of a, applause and appreciation for just a moment? Because when you honor, it becomes well, but that well doesn't mean okay. That well means that there's a life spring. There's overflow there. So continue to honor your parents. I learned that as we broke open the word. I also learned that, learned that if we pray for those. Now, maybe the person that I voted for or believed in didn't get elected in, but I'm challenged to pray for that person so that it would be well with me. Jenny and I have become somewhat successful in our life, not because we're sharper than anybody else or smarter, and people will testify to that. Yeah, that guy's not sharp at all. But I've learned the art of prayer. I learned to pray for people that even if they think differently than, than me, that if God's placed them in authority, I'm going to pray for them. Spiritual, physical, financial authority, I'm going to pray for them. Why? So that it would be well. There would be a life spring in my life. Every time we've had a need, physical need, spiritual need, financial need, God has always come through. Why? Because I believe with the power and prayer of people. So over the next 21 days as we pray and fast, I would ask that you would pray for people. Pray for your needs. You have them, but I would say make, make somebody else your priority. Pray for our church. Pray for your community. Pray for your work, your job, your family. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for people as you know that they have need of. And when you start praying for others, God will give you a wellspring. It will raise up within you. It will become well in your life. This is important. It's, a, it's, a, it's, an important uh, it's an important move. And then last but not least, the obedience of the Father. When we walk in obedience of our Heavenly Father, He says in Scripture, Isaiah says, it'll be well with you. Again, I don't think that means okay. I think that means wellspring. See, Jesus said in John 7 and 37, 
that he, there would be rivers of, flowing, rivers of living water flowing out of our belly. That's an overflow, church. It's an overchurch of you doing things right and praying for those who are in authority, praying for those who are over you, praying for those who parent you, praying for those who uh, God tells you what to do. That'll be well with you. Let's go to verse number two for a second. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters again, you know, but this is overflow. This is God saying, I'm going to take care of you through his King David. Verse number three says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Jesus says it in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right ways. And then all these things will be added. What is that? That's overflow. Jesus is teaching us the key right here. David said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, right? Ways, God orders your steps. If you're going through something, maybe it is an appointment of God. We don't know that. God knows the big picture. He takes things that aren't and he makes them as though they are. So we understand that God orders our steps. He may not order that disease, but he can order your way through it. He may not order that trouble or that conflict, but he can order your way through it. This is what God does. This is who God is. He restores my soul. He leads me. This is overflow. Verse number four, then he says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they're all about me. So we, we look at this, and I look for a second at that shadow, that word shadow, this shadow of death. David says, I'm not going to be afraid. In fact, I think he, he tags uh, Psalm 23, verse 4 here with Psalm 91, verse 1. Let's look at 91.1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So there's two shadows here. There's, there's a shadow of, of death and there's a shadow of basically of life. And it's kind of a choice sometimes that we have. Let's go back to that verse 4 one more time. Jason, if we can, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. So, Lord, whatever I'm walking through this valley, I understand that there's a shadow of the Almighty. There's, a, there's this righteousness that, Lord, I'm doing what I can do every day. I'm, I'm speaking truth. I'm speaking life. I'm not false judging anybody. I'm not throwing accusations around. I'm not causing doubt or fear on people. I'm not acting like I'm an elitist. I'm, I'm just walking humbly before you, God, asking you, Lord, to bless our people and to be part of who we are in Christ. Jesus together. I'm not looking at that shadow. I'm resting under the shadow of the Almighty. And this is true to every one of us. If we rest under the shadow of the Almighty, verse 5 then says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. There's that word, overflow. Growing up in the Dolphins' household, there was always 10 or 12 or 14 people at the dinner table. And I promise you, my mom only cooked for about 18 or 19, which means if you ate fast, you got seconds. If you ate slow, you just got skinny. My mom was a good cook, much like my wife. My wife is an amazing cook. My wife was taken to another level. She cooks for three or four times the number of people who are coming. So if 11 people are there, she's cooked for 30 so everybody gets to take something home with them. I said, honey, why are you making so much? Well, it's okay. It's good to have leftovers. What, what if we want warm-ups later? Like three days' worth. <laughs> but when we ate at my mom and dad's table, head, heads were down. We didn't talk much. Those who talked, they didn't get seconds or spoke, talked. See, that's a South Omaha thing. Those who talked, those who spoke. Those who, so I'd keep my head down. And I think this is, there's a lesson here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I don't really care anymore who the enemies are. I care who he is. And when we look at the table and we recognize that I'm going, you're, you're, you're there to serve God. You're there to, to preach Jesus. You're there to, to see life. Then it doesn't matter if the enemies are surrounding you because God's in charge of everything. There's no sorrow or doubt or fear. I like what Janie said in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. So when we get in the presence of the Lord, what's he do? He anoints your head with oil. 
Psalm 133 says this, where there is unity, God commands the blessing, not even blessings, the blessing, even life evermore. What does that mean? Well, there's anointing comes down from heaven above. And when, there's, when you're walking in unity, God floods a house with anointing, whether it's a, a personal house, whether it's a, a corporate house, like a, a church or an office place or a place of business or a schoolhouse. God floods that with anointing. Every sports team there is that's good has to understand this point of unity. Hey, if we get along, if there's division, there's separation. If there's separation, there's contention. If there's contention, there's sin. And so families that get along, churches that get along, people that get along, businesses that get along and grow together, they prosper together. They're in good health, even life evermore. Let's go to the last verse and we'll camp there for just a moment. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's something here about the shadow of the Almighty that connects us with this verse here, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So if I'm looking at, so if I'm looking at the sun, S-U-N right here, there, where's my shadow? Here, right? So if I'm looking up at the sun, my shadow, the shadow is behind me. If I'm chasing my shadow, then the sun is behind me. But he, the scripture tells us if I'm under the shadow of the Almighty, so if I'm looking at the sun, S-O-N, then the shadow behind me is goodness and mercy. Hear that. That, that this, is, this is for somebody today. So if I'm, the more I'm chasing the sun, the more goodness and mercy are following me because they, they, they follow me for forever. It says right there, they follow me all the days of my life. So, but I have to be chasing the sun for goodness and mercy to follow me. If I'm chasing the sun, if I move from the shadow of the Almighty, then goodness and mercy haven't moved. It's that, that I've moved. So sometimes we lose our protection when we move out of God's favor. So how can things happen to you or how come things happen to them? Maybe, just maybe, you're out of God's faith. Maybe you've left the umbrella of God's protection. Maybe you, you're not doing the undercover that God says. So I'm tr I think I'm chasing God, but I'm not really chasing God. I'm out from the protection. Good, goodness and mercy are still over here. So listen to me, church. The more I chase after Jesus, the more goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's when I lose that protection. It's like, you know, sometimes Jenny will say, did you grab the umbrella? No, I've got a hat on. Well, what about my hair? I don't have any. No, what about my hair? She's, <laughs> what about my hair? So, well, we'll have to, let me drop you off by the door. Okay, but what about when we come out? See, sometimes we've left the protection of God home and we go to places he doesn't want us to. And when we do that, don't blame God that goodness and mercy aren't following you. But I can tell you this today in 2024, if you chase Jesus, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life because you'll be under the shadow of the Almighty. Can you give the Lord just a shout of praise for a moment today? And one more verse, and that's in Psalms 84, I believe, verse 16 or 81. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Love that scripture. And I would say some people will say, well, you can't draw honey from a rock. And so I started to study on what some of the, the brainiacs, some of the theologians have thought about this. And a couple of them would concur and, and say what I was what I was hedging at, but I wasn't sure. And so there's a power in two or three witnesses, the scripture says. And so by reading what some of these guys think that are a whole lot smarter than me, they believe that David is actually saying that God's overflow is so abundant and God is so good that even if you need him to, he'll draw honey from a rock for you. Now think about that for a second, because honey is sweet, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's like he drew water from a rock from Moses, but this is like even better than water. This is honey. Stand with me this morning while we, while we close. I've asked the team to, to sing Honey in the Rock. And I love what David is saying because we're, we're reading about David today in Psalms 23 and Psalms 91. Now in Psalms 81, David is talking about this honey from a rock. It's lit, the honey from a rock, literal interpretation is more than, a, more than abundant. 
like super abounding, like overflowing, which is what the title of last week and this week is. There's an overflow, I believe, that God is getting ready to do if we do our part. And what's our part? Well, as we sing this next song, maybe you need an overflow in finances. Maybe you need an overflow in relationship. Maybe you need an overflow in connections. Maybe you need an overflow in just uh, to be more spiritual this year. Maybe you need an overflow in forgiveness and mercy and grace. The overflow can take place just like honey from a rock. And, and, and where we would see, seem it difficult to draw honey from a rock, how can that happen? Sometimes our own mindset is, Lord, you can't forgive me for what I did. Lord, you can't bless me for, for, my, for, for how I act. And yet just as easy as God could draw honey from a rock, he could settle your situation right here today. And so I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. And while they're singing, I want you just to ask God for overflow in your life. Whether it's physical, spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, relational, however it looks. Lord, would you give overflow? Raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Close your eyes. Father, we pray for overflow today. Lord, <laughs> We pray for overflow of mercy, of grace, of love, of forgiveness, of truth, of integrity. We pray for overflow of finances. We pray for overflow of relationships. We pray for overflow of love. Father, we pray for overflow today to work within all of us at Grace Church. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you for overflow. We receive it. We bless you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's sing together. God bless you.
trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Amen. How many believe that it is sweet to trust in Jesus today? Amen. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your trust in Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. I wanna give you an invitation today to put your hope and your faith and your trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's as simple as this, believing that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is God's son, that he is God, and asking him to forgive you of your sins. You see, our sin deserves to be punished. And except for Jesus Christ, we were the ones that were going to pay the price for our sin. And it was gonna be for eternity in a place separate from God, in a place called hell that was not created for you or for me. But God loves us so much that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish and have eternal life, everlasting life. We just need to believe in Jesus. Ask him to forgive us of our sin. And then that last step is to surrender our life over to him. You see, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin and for my sin. He paid it on the cross. He was crucified in such a way that said, all right, the punishment that we deserved, we don't have to pay that anymore. Jesus died on that cross and he was buried. But the good news is that three days later, he rose from the dead and he is alive today, amen. And when he rose from the dead, he offered us a free gift of eternal life. That if you want that gift, you can receive it and have eternal life. Now, God's not gonna force that upon anybody. He's not gonna force a relationship and say, you have to know me. You have to be in a communion with me. If you choose to reject God here on this earth and you say, no, God, I don't want to have a relationship with you. In fact, I want to spend eternity away from you. Then the unfair, unrealistic, the, the, the reality is that we'll spend that in a place away from God in hell that wasn't created for you. But if you're here today and you say, God, I do want to have a relationship with you. I want to experience that salvation. Then forever in heaven, when you die, the Bible says to be absent um, from the body is to be present with the Lord. You will get to be with God forever in heaven. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want you to contemplate your status right now to say, have I ever asked God to forgive me of my sins? Do I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he is who he said he is? Have I surrendered my life to Christ? And if I were to die today, or if the Lord were to return today, would I have a home in heaven? If you are here today and you say, I don't know, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I've got some good news for you today. You can know for sure that you are going to heaven, that you can have a relationship with God. Pastor talked about the valley of the shadow of death. And the author said, David, he said, I don't have to fear evil because God is with me. Maybe you're here today and you don't know that kind of peace that pastor was talking about. You don't even have to wait till heaven. You can know that kind of peace because God is with you today. So here's the invitation. On this first Sunday of the new year, you can mark it in your Bible. You can write it down and say on January 7th, 2024, I made that decision to follow Jesus Christ and my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And I know that I have a relationship with God. If you wanna have a relationship with God today, maybe you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've never made a decision to surrender your life over to God. You've tried things your own way. Maybe you tried to do things your own way last year. As an honest question, I just wanna ask, 
How's that working out for you? Are you happy or are you still unsatisfied? Are you still unfulfilled? Are you still looking and saying, I'm, that's not going great for me. I wanna try, I wanna try to turn my life over to God today and allow him to do this thing. If you wanna make a decision to live for God, if you wanna receive that free gift of eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ and surrender your life over to him, then would you raise your hand up nice and high right now and just, we're gonna say a prayer together, our hands going up all over. If that's you, if God's tugging on your heart, just raise up your hand nice and high. I think there's somebody else that's saying, yeah, include me in on that prayer. If you're saying, yes, I wanna know that for sure, when I die, I'm going to heaven. I wanna know the kind of peace that pastor described. You might be going through a, a valley today. It might seem like you're surrounded by death but yet you're still struggling with fear and anxiety, but you're saying, I wanna know that kind of peace where I can fear no evil. I want God to be with me as well. Is there anybody else? One more time, just lift up your hand nice and high to say, yes, I wanna know the kind of peace. I wanna have eternal life. I want Jesus's blood to cover my sin today. Wow, their hands going all over this place. Let's give you one more second to think about it today and to say, yes, I wanna do that as well. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. If you raised your hand today, or even if you didn't, maybe you are a believer, we're just gonna join with everyone that's making this decision. And I wanna lead you in a prayer of surrender. Jesus is the one that saves you. This prayer doesn't save you, but it's, it's a way for us to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and ask him to be the Lord of our life. I want everybody here to repeat after me, nice and loud. Say, dear God, Thank you for loving me. I know I've sinned. Please forgive me and make me a new person. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and raising from the dead. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give each other a great big hand clap and welcome all of those that made a decision. The angels in heaven are rejoicing with you because names are being added to the Lamb's Book of Life. And let me tell you this, no one can take your salvation away from you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. If you made that decision today, we are celebrating with you. We wanna give you a Bible if you don't have one, get you connected to a new believers small group. Uh, come to the welcome party in two weeks, but come to uh, see me in the lobby. I'd love to give you some next steps in following Jesus Christ. Hey, I wanna do one more thing before we close. Only if you're comfortable doing this, find the person next to you and just put your hand on their shoulder. We wanna pray for that kind of overflow for 2024 that pastor described so that you have not just barely enough, but more than enough. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for every person here today. God, I pray that you fill them up to overflowing. God, I pray that we don't have barely enough, but this year in 24, I declare that in the name of Jesus, we have more than enough. For the person that's struggling with their faith, God, I pray they have more than enough faith. I pray they have faith to move mountains today. God, for the person that's financially struggling, God, I pray that I release generosity over them right now, that in the name of Jesus, they're going to be so blessed, God, that they overflow and the people around them are blessed. God, the person that's struggling with fear today, God, I pray they have so much faith. The person is struggling God, with, with not enough. I pray they have love. I pray they have blessings. God, I pray that the person that's struggling with their health, I pray they overflow, that they have more energy this year, that the person that's struggling in their job, I pray for a promotion in Jesus' name. God, I pray that the spirit of overflow would come, that we look to the one that is the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, that we stand in the shadow of the almighty God, Lord, and that we will have an overflow spirit, that as we step into prayer and fasting, I pray that the chains are loose, God, that the bondages are broken, that the strongholds come down in Jesus' name, and that we walk into a new season. Father God, that there will be rivers in the wilderness and in the desert. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We hope to see you on Wednesday night downtown or right back here next week. Have a great week.